Morning, church. How's everybody doing today? You love this cool weather? I talked to a guy yesterday. He said, I hate cool weather. And I'm like, this is not cold weather. This is cool weather. It's been a nice couple mornings. It's going to be cool again tomorrow morning. It's uh, it's tough to get up this morning. I mean, it was kind of cool and it was dark outside. And Kelly said, get up. So uh, I guess I kind of had to be here. So I'm glad you're here. This is every member Sunday. We've been praying about this. We've been looking forward to this. Our goal today was 500, and I have an unofficial account uh, account of... Bib, are you making it official? Okay, start over. <laughs> uh, sorry. Unofficially, we're over 500, so praise God for you being here. That's very exciting. I'm glad you're here. Would you turn to the people on your right and left and say, I'm glad you're here. I'd like to encourage everybody, that means everybody to fill out an attendance card. I know we've probably already picked some of those up. We especially want our visitors. We'd like to have a record of your visit. So members, visitors, everybody, if you're breathing today, if you'd fill out an attendance card, that would be great. We begin a new series today that I've been putting off and putting off and putting off and the day has come and we thought the timing would be right. And we're starting a series today called Messy. And we're going to get messy for several weeks. And whatever that means to you, I don't think it means the same as it does to me. Next week, I'm going to talk about our messy people welcome here. That should challenge us right there. Messy. Because we're messy people. We have messy lives, messy marriages, messy you name it. We're... We're just messy folks. In fact, I found some pictures of messy. So let me show you this first picture here, Kelly. Kelly's got my script, so she knows what I'm about to say. I asked Kelly to go get me a glass of tea the other day. And I went into the kitchen, and I don't know what it is about women, but um, they don't even have to do anything. They just pull a bunch of dishes out. I just wanted a glass of tea. And I've been... Don't shake your head at me, women. I've seen some messy kitchens, and I can say I'm thankful for my messy kitchen at home because I love my wife's cooking. But, you know, sometimes women, you can say, can I have some toast? And it's like they got to pull all the dishes out in the kitchen. Kelly taught our daughter to do that. I'm like, Sydney, what did you make? I just made some toast. I'm like, really? So what, what else do we have that's messy here? There's other things that are messy in our lives like... Um, Have you ever gone into your kid's bedroom and said, can you please clean? How many parents have ever said that a hundred times? Can you? We have messy bedrooms. Isn't that the truth? What else do we have that's messy? Maybe this is how you feel at work, especially on Monday mornings. Maybe your work is messy. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. Maybe you look just like this lady. Maybe the people you work with are messy. I'm not sure. Do we have some other messy? Maybe during tax season, this is how your finances look. This was my pile of receipts getting ready for taxes last year. 
I just went through and went through and went through and took made, made a pile and I took a picture. And maybe your finances are that way. Maybe your mortgage is that way. Maybe your retirement's that way. Do I have another one? <clears throat> maybe your kids are messy. If your kids aren't messy, I know you know some messy kids. We, we know what messy's like. Is that my last messy? We, we live in a world of messy. So I know we can relate to messy. Um, the weather can get messy. Roads can get messy. Look at our government right now. Wow. See, you know how messy our government is. Um, look at some of the sports incidents that have happened in professional sports, in college sports, in high school sports. We know messy. I mean, we're surrounded by messy. And at the top of the list of messy is us. I mean, I could put my picture up there. I could put your picture up there. I mean, churches get messy. That's going to be one of our lessons. Churches can get messy and ministry can be messy. We know messy, but at the top of the messy pile, that's us. We have messy, messy lives. We all have warts, we all have flaws, we all have mistakes, we all have shortcomings. We all have skeletons in our closets, we all have sins in our past that we wish we could make go away. We're all losers, misfits, damaged goods. If we could have a, a we all belong on the clearance row at Walmart. We should have tags on us that say no refunds, no exchanges, damaged goods. We're all screw ups, we're all messy and I'm just trying to make you feel good. I just want you to know, you're not alone when it comes to messy lives. We all have messy lives. I mean, Neil prayed this morning, we're all sinners. I mean, whether we want to admit it or not, whether we want to use those words or not, we all are sinners. We all are messy. I just want you to know we're in the same boat. So today I just want to describe what does messy look like? We looked at a little bit of messy, but what does messy look like? I like this quote from Robert Coles. Maybe you feel like this guy. I go into churches and everyone seems to feel so good about themselves. Everyone calls themselves a Christian nowadays. How dare we call ourselves Christians? It's only for Jesus to decide whether we're Christian or not. I don't think he's made a decision in my case. And I'm afraid that when he does, I'm going to be sent straight to hell. I know people that feel that way. My life is so messed up, there's no way I can be in heaven. My life is so messed up, there's no way God can love me. My life is so messed up, I, I, I know I'm headed straight to hell. Maybe you feel that way. I've been reading a book called Messy Spirituality by Mike Iaconelli. Let me, here's how Mike describes himself, all right? He says, my life's a mess. After 45 years of trying to follow Jesus, I keep losing him in the crowded busyness of my life. I know Jesus is there somewhere, but it's difficult to make him out in the haze of everyday life. He's a minister, and he's writing this. For as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a godly person. Yet when I look at the yesterdays of my life, what I see mostly is a broken, irregular path littered with mistakes and failures. Most of the moments of my life seem hopelessly tangled in a web of obligations and distractions. 
I want to have more victories than defeats, yet here I am, almost 60, and I fail on a regular basis. I've been trying to follow Christ most of my life, and the best I can do is a stumbling, bumbling, clumsy kind of following. I wake up most days with a humiliating awareness that I have no clue who Jesus is. He says, if I were to die today, I'd be nervous about what people would say at my funeral. But I know what the consensus would be. Mike was a mess. Maybe you can relate to Mike. Maybe that's how you feel. Do you have a messy life? You're not alone. And you fit in here. What does messy look like? You know what drove the enemies of Jesus crazy? What drove the enemies of Jesus crazy is that he was critical of the so-called perfect religious people and he was accepting of the so-called imperfect people. Think about who hung around with Jesus. The sinful, bad, prostitutes, lepers, Samaritans, the sick, the lame, the blind, messed up people felt comfortable around Jesus. And we'll talk about that next week. Messed up people felt comfortable around Jesus. Messy people have been following God from day one, though. It wasn't just Jesus. Messy people have been following God from day one. I mean, think about it. In the big picture, in the big picture, if we trace our family tree, all of us, if we face our family tree, we all go back to in the beginning. In the beginning, God created. That's where we all started. So you could say we're, we're kind of related in the sense that we're all humans. So if you face, if, if, if you trace our human family tree, Here's what you find. So let me show you what messy looks like. I mean, think about Noah. You remember Noah? This great man of faith. And God said, it's going to rain. And he said, what's rain? And he said, I'll show you what rain was. Rain is you just build a boat. And he built a boat. And they were in that boat a long time. You wouldn't know. You know. Stop. You know what Noah did after he got out of the boat? I got messy today. I can't. I'm going so fast. The first thing Noah did after the waters receded, he left the boat, he planted a vineyard, he drank some of the wine, he got drunk and he got naked. That was never in any Bible lesson when I was in middle school or high school. You know why? Because we don't want to talk about messy. Let's talk about Noah's faith and let's talk about Noah building the ark and let's talk about all the great things Noah did. But the messy drinking problem, his weaknesses... Oh, we, we don't want to do that. I mean, God forbid that we should talk about getting drunk. God forbid we should talk about our weaknesses. So let's just talk about, let's keep things clean and tidy. I want to talk about messy. And then there's Abraham. You remember Abraham, when God called Abraham, when God called Abraham, Abraham wasn't following God. Abraham didn't call God. God called Abraham. He wasn't even following God. And then there was Lot, when Lot's home was surrounded by the residents of Sodom who, who wanted to violate, but you read your Bible, it's a little more explicit, who wanted to violate his visitors, what does he do? Lot says, hey, take my daughters instead. Really? And what about Lot's daughters? They got him drunk so he would impregnate them. I'm just reading from the Bible. So that they would, could continue the family lineage. And back to Abraham, he plays favorites with his two sons, Ishmael and Isaac. And Isaac plays favorites with his two sons, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, he plays favorites with his sons, Joseph and the other eleven. And the eleven brothers want to kill the brother Joseph. 
But instead, they decide we'll just sell him off into slavery. And then Abraham, that great man of faith, he's in Hebrews 11, the great... He's the man of faith. He slept with his wife's servant. And they had a kid and he made the wife and the kid go off into the wilderness. I didn't hear that growing up. Because we don't want to talk about messy. Isaac and Rebekah fight over which boy's going to get daddy's blessings. Jacob marries two wives. He sleeps with their two servants. And then there's Jacob's son, Judah, who sleeps with his daughter-in-law when she, when she disguises herself as a prostitute. You know what I like about the Bible is it's real. It's messy and God doesn't pull any punches. He doesn't hold anything back. Here's God's people. And we haven't even got out of Genesis yet. I mean, we could get to Moses. He was a murderer. He was one of the greatest leaders in the Old Testament. And he murdered somebody. And then there's King David. Oh, wow, we need weeks to talk about King David. Because he had a messy life. Messy people, messy lives. Listen, folks, I'm just trying to make you feel better. Because compared to some of these people, I'm feeling pretty good. I just want you to know you're not alone. I just want you to know your family's normal. I want you to know you're normal. If you're thinking, no, my life's messed up, then you're normal. Messed up is the new normal, right? Rodney told me yesterday, we were talking about Tom Gibson. I said, I think Tom turned 70. He said, well, 70's the new 68. Did I say that right? 70's the new 68. So Tom's looking good. Messy's the new normal. If you have a messy life, you fit right in here. You're not alone. Listen, folks, the people in the Bible, they were courageous. They had strengths. They were God-loving. They had faith. And they were murderers and adulterers and liars. They were insecure. They were mentally unstable, sometimes unbelieving, messy prophets, messy kings, messy followers. And then there's the people who hung around with Jesus. The people we listed, the, the prostitutes and tax collectors and adulterers and the mental cases and the penniless and the broke and the misfits. And then there were His disciples. The messiest group of people perhaps on the planet Earth. Wow, his disciples were always fighting, always jockeying for position. They were selfish and lazy and disloyal. And they were who he was going to leave everything. Hey, I'm going to leave this in your hands. I'm going back to heaven. They were messed up, jacked up, screwed up people. Just like us. Just like us. What does messy look like? Well, if you're not sure about the Bible, people, just look down to your right and look down to your left today. There's messy people. Go home today and look in the mirror. And that's what messy looks like. Listen, folks, these Bible people needed help. These Bible people needed a therapist. They needed a doctor. They needed Dr. Phil or Dr. Ruth or Dr. Spock or Dr. Seuss or some doctor. Because they were messy. If you came here today thinking, my life is messed up, you are in good company, church. Oh, we might look good. We we dress up good and we cover up good and we want everybody to think we got it going on. In fact, if you ever come here thinking these people got it going on, you're wrong. That may offend the people here, but you're wrong. We don't have it going on. 
If we were honest, we would all admit that we fall short. If we're honest, we all admit that we're sinful, messy people. If we're honest, we admit that every single day we struggle with our messy lives and trying to be a Christian and follow God. And we don't know how to do that. What does messy look like? It looks like Brian and Bruce and Rodney and me. What does messy look like? Pick any of our elders. What does messy look like? It looks like all of our deacons. What does messy look like? Look around. Sometimes we say, man, I wish I had a life like that person. And I'm thinking, you know, just by chance, the person you may have pointed at, I know that person, you don't want their life. Folks, we're messed up. We're messed up. People in the Bible were messed up. People through the centuries have been messed up. And, and, and just, just to illustrate, let me quote some scriptures. Romans 5 again. I changed some words. Let's look at Romans 5. When we were utterly helpless, messy. Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners, messy people. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still messy people. What's the next scripture? Don't you know that those who do wrong and will have do wrong will have no share in the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, idol worshipers, adulterers, male prostitutes, homosexual thieves, greedy people, drunkards, abusers, swindlers, you know, messy people. None of these will have a share in the kingdom. There was a time when some of you were just like that. Some of you were just like that. Some of us are just like that. Some of us, no, 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 all of us fall short. Let's look at the next scripture. Once you were dead, doomed forever because of your many sins, messy lives. You used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan. All of us, all of us messy people used to live that way, following the passions and desires of our sinful nature. You know what? The good news today is in the midst of your messy life and my messy life. The good news today, that's why Jesus came. The passage from Romans 5, Jesus didn't come because we were all good. Jesus came and he got messy. We're going to talk about that. I mean, there's nothing about the cross that's clean. There's nothing about the way he lived that was clean. Jesus came And got messy in a messy world for all of us. Watch this video here. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, son. She wrapped him in cloths and she laid him in a manger because... There was no room for them in the end. God had this messy plan, a plan to save the world. And to do that, he was going to send his son. Where does the God of the universe send his son? Where where, where does the King of Kings and Lord of Lords come? To a barn, a stable, a, a manger of all places. Certainly no place fit for a king. But then again, This wasn't any ordinary king. When I say it was messy, I mean messy. It it was a barn, stable, right? So you've got animals and animal stuff, manure, 
mud. A pitiful place for people, much less a place for the King of Kings to be born. Why would God do that? Well, I can't tell you for sure, because Isaiah explains to us that his thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. But that same prophet, 400 years before Jesus was born, said, all we like sheep have gone astray, each of us to our own way, and that he has laid our iniquities on him. You see, Jesus came to a messy place. Oh, yeah, a barn, a manger, that's messy. But he came to a messy world. Why? Because the shepherd was coming to take care of the sheep, to prepare a way for them to go home. That's what a shepherd does. He lives where the sheep are. He sleeps where they sleep. He eats where they eat. It got Jesus in trouble. Why did Jesus eat with sinners? Because that's what the shepherd does. An angel appeared to the shepherds in the field and said, This will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. A sign. You ever wondered what that sign was? A sign for what? Maybe a sign that Jesus is accessible to everyone. A sign that the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills can relate to a homeless person. Because Jesus never had a home, never had a place to rest his head. Maybe it was a sign that God would have nothing to do with the social status of mankind. A sign that he detests the splendor of humans because it's not worthy of him. But it was a sign for us that we should follow suit. In fact, the Apostle Paul later on would write, we should have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Although he was the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but that he made himself nothing, becoming a servant, being made in human likeness. A servant. You see, being a servant is, is messy. And Jesus set this incredible example for us. I mean, he got down on his knees and he washed feet. The God of the universe, the God who deserved the best of everything, got on his knees. He's the God who came to the world and was laid in a manger, a feed trough of all places. Why such a messy place? Because he was following a messy plan. So needless to say, that very first Christmas was dirty. It was grimy. It was, it was filthy. <laughs> but thank God it was. Because without it, what a mess we'd be. I, uh, I have a dream for the church to be messy. I have a dream for the church to be an atmosphere of people who create an atmosphere where messy people feel like, hey, I can go there. 
I have a biblical dream for the church that we would create an atmosphere where the people who were comfortable being around Jesus would be comfortable being around us. Because we all need the Lord. Whether you're a Christian now thinking, well, I'm good to go, you still need the Lord. Nothing makes my blood boil more than the labels and mean stuff Christians say about the messiness of other people, including me. So my goal with a messy series is for us to get messy. And for us to get messy, we've got to come face to face with our own messiness. Yes, I've accepted Jesus, and yes, I believe I'm going to heaven, but yes, I believe I'm a work in progress, and there's some stuff the Lord needs to take out of my life. There's people in this world that need the Lord, and they don't feel comfortable coming here because we've got it all going on. And we're going to talk about that next week. So here's some things I want you to know today. Jesus is not offended by anything you do. Jesus is not repelled by any of the sins in your life. Jesus is not in heaven going, you did what? Like some church people might do. Jesus is in heaven because He loved us so much. He came to this earth to get messy. And he died a messy, painful, excruciating, horrible, humiliating death for our messy lives. So I want you to know you're not alone. Whether you look at me or any of the ministers or the elders or the deacons or whoever you might be looking at, we're all messed up. We're all messed up. And we all need the Lord. So we offer the invitation of Jesus today. If you've got a messy life, that's why he came. We offer the invitation of Jesus today. If you've got a messy life and you want our shepherds to pray for you, you can go to the back and they will meet with you privately and they will lift you up in prayer. If you've got a messy life thinking, you know what, I've tried my whole life to save myself, I can't do that anymore. And you've come to the realization that you need Jesus and we want you to be baptized into Jesus Christ. If you've got a messy life today, you need the Lord. Let's stand and sing. People